I just turn over and punch him. And I tell him, you've ruined my life. Welcome to Habits and Humor, where you come to make serious progress without taking life too seriously. This podcast shows how we can use embarrassing moments as empowering tools to help us create powerful daily habits and enjoy life at the same time. I'm Susie B., author and creator of Life Conscious and master of all things embarrassing. This is Habits and Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn. Welcome to Habits and Humor. We are so excited for you to be here and we're excited for our guest today. This person is one of the happiest people on the planet Earth. I love this woman. She is delightful. She and I are related in that she is my ex-sister-in-law. And I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that later. That in itself is a good story. This is Jessica Frew. She is a brilliant person who has had some seriously crazy life experiences. And she now is a coach to help people come through their life experiences with a positive attitude and with an understanding of who they are. And she is just amazing. So I will let her talk about her programs in a little bit. But right now, I want to have her tell us her funny or embarrassing story. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Super excited to be here with you, Susie. (laughs) Awesome. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that you agreed to do this with me. It's going to be great fun. One of the funny things I just thought of is sitting right above me in my office, I have a cutout thing that says giggle on it that your family gave me. I believe it was the sister-in-laws when I married your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, perfect. Oh, I'm glad I contributed to probably your beautiful too office. Young. I don't know if you were uh, old enough, but I was like, oh, yeah, I got that. My giggle sign. One of the only things I still have from Steve's and mine wedding gifts was from you guys. That's fantastic. I love it. What a good gift. What a good gift that was, whether I gave it to you or not. <laughs> it fit me. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. So Jessica, I'm going to just turn the mic over to you and let you tell us your funny or embarrassing moments, and then we'll open it up for a discussion after that. Okay. First of all, I think this is entertaining and ironic because I do not consider myself a funny person. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I'm, I'm not witty. I can be funny and I can laugh at myself, but I am not witty. My ex-husband and my husband both actually make fun of me for this a lot. And it's just, they're both really witty, which is probably why I adore both of them. But I personally don't feel like I am a witty or funny person, but I do have funny stories and I do have a lot of life experiences. But I will tell you my my funny story. And it starts off a little bit, a little bit not funny because I was just getting married to my ex-husband. We got married in like we're in a very conservative Christian religion and he was struggling with some things and he told me about them right before we got married. So we had like the things that didn't fit into our religious beliefs and things like that. So we had like this huge intense conversation right before we got married. And I was kind of like, okay, well, this is fine. Like we're good. And we continue forward and we got married and we were very happy and we went on our honeymoon and we had a great time on our honeymoon. And we come home from our honeymoon after we've had like all of these deep conversations and then connected on our honeymoon and all of that. And we're in bed asleep, like literally the week we get home from our honeymoon. And he doesn't know that I talk in my sleep occasionally, which I still do. (laughs) And I turn over and full on slug him. Like totally, I'm totally asleep, but I just turn over and punch him super hard. (laughs) And he was like, what, what's going on? And I'm still asleep. And I tell him you've ruined my life. And like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't say anything else. Just go right back to sleep. And Steve, my new innocent, wonderful husband, is just sitting there devastated, like up all night, worried because his new bride just slugged him and told him that he ruined my life. And I woke up the next morning and I could tell like he's sitting up already and he's looking all panicked and worried. And I'm like, what is the matter? Like what's going on? And he's like, I ruined your life. And I'm like, no, you haven't ruined my life. What are you talking about? And he's like, (laughs) you punched me in the middle of the night last night and told me that I ruined your life. And then you just rolled back over and went to sleep. Like nothing happened. And I just started (laughs) dying laughing because I had no recollection of it. I had no idea where it was coming from. I was like trying to remember what I was dreaming about. No clue. Like there was nothing attached to it. There was no meaning to it whatsoever. And so at the time, like I was just dying laughing. But then looking back on it, I'm like this poor guy who had just like poured out his heart to me two weeks before about these things he had never shared with anybody and was feeling so tender in these moments and probably insecure. And then I wake up, I don't wake up, but I sleep talk in the middle of the night, slug him and tell him he ruined my life. And so I since have thought about that moment a lot (laughs) and just like, yes, it is funny, but also here is the vulnerability side of that, of not knowing what he was processing and the things that he was really feeling. And it was a reminder. It's always a reminder to me of, we don't really know what somebody else is going through and how our actions might impact them at that moment. Like it could be that we do something thinking it's funny, or we laugh something off at the time without realizing the impact of that. And so, and I think laughing is super important in hard situations and when you're feeling tense and all of those things. But that was one of the funny things I thought of. I love it. Oh, that's a glorious story. I love that you were very first married too. That's brilliant. In case you haven't put these two things together yet, Jessica was married to my brother, Steve. Steve that she's referring to is my brother. (laughs) So that's how we are connected here. But that is so funny. Oh my heck, I love it. You're barely married and he is already stressed and worried about this whole thing. And then this happens. (laughs) It means absolutely nothing to you at all. Like no, you didn't even know what happened. And he's totally stewing over it. Carrying this weight. Yes. So how did this conversation go? How did you get him to open up that he was feeling this? I don't know that he actually opened up to me about it in the moment. I think I probably processed that, oh crap this is carrying a lot of meaning for him. Like this insignificant moment that I wasn't even conscious of is carrying a weight for him. And so I think just going back and making and reassuring him of, I made the decision I wanted to make. I made this full well with you being honest with me about the things you're struggling with and the things you're going through. And I'm here for it. Like I am on your side. I am, I am with you. I'm supportive. And so I think just acknowledging that, that sometimes in a funny situation. We also need to be aware of the other people's feelings and addressing those feelings and reassuring people during hard things that might be hard for them where we, we might not see the full gravity of it. I think that is a hard thing to do is to be aware that someone else is feeling something different than you're feeling. Like you didn't even Mm. know that this meant nothing to you. You didn't even know what happened. But at the same time, you, as soon as you woke up, you saw him stewing over something. And rather than just be like, I don't know what his deal is, you sat there and you worked together on this. I think this is very important in marriage, but also in any relationship to pay attention 
that if something feels off, it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah, I very much agree. Like trust those feelings and that, those instincts, like, and, and be honest, be clear. I always think of Renee Brown, who, when she says clear is kind, unclear is unkind and just being clear in how we're feeling to reassure people, to reassure ourselves. I promise I did not mean this. What I said in my sleep (laughs) reminds me of those hangry memes. I'm sorry. I didn't for what I said when I was hangry. This is me when I'm sleeping. I'm sorry for what I said when I was sleeping. (laughs) It's totally, totally my thing. I think just embracing that we need to be open to hearing what other people are feeling and understand that sometimes we say and do things that we think are funny and They might not be. (laughs) I like what you just said there. So sometimes we think that we're just being funny, but Mm -hmm. it actually has an effect on someone else. So you said earlier that maybe you don't know what someone's going through and you have no idea how this suddenly brought up some trigger for them or some emotion for them. What are some things that we can do to be more conscious and more aware of people's feelings around us? I feel like this is something you are really particularly very good at. Pay attention to the things people say, actually listen to them and don't just blow it off. Don't just like, I could have just said, oh, you're being ridiculous to Steve in that moment of come on, get over it. But that wouldn't have reassured him or helped him in those real feelings that he was having. So instead, instead of just blowing it off, seek to understand, be curious about what they're bringing up. So if they say, you know, that really hurt my feelings, then seek to understand, seek to, to listen, be curious about what they're feeling. Also pay attention to body language. I knew instantly when I woke up that something was wrong because of how he was projecting himself or presenting himself. And instead of just saying, oh, it's fine, nothing's wrong, really be inquisitive, genuinely be concerned for what somebody's going through. If you sense that something is wrong, give genuine concern. If they're willing to talk about it, great. And they might say, hey, I'm not ready right now. And you can respect that and just say, I'm here when you're ready, if you ever are ready. But I think genuinely paying attention to that and embracing those moments. Don't don't disregard people's feelings and pay attention to their actions and how they are projecting themselves so that you can be sensitive to what they're going through. That's really, really awesome advice. Seek not to just listen, but also to understand And then, like you said, offer space. If they're not ready, don't be offended by that. Sometimes as my personality, I'm like, I don't just want to get this done. Like, let's go. I'm a very impatient person. I'm a redhead at heart. And let's get this off the to-do list, you know? But if someone's not ready for that, then I need to hold space. Mm -hmm. And just like you just said there, when you're ready, I'm here to talk about this. That is sometimes not something we think to do. So that's beautiful. I love that. And then also what you also said there was... If you're not ready to talk about it, maybe you're the person who was just hurt. Maybe you're the person who's feeling vulnerable and misunderstood. If you're not ready to vocalize that, it's okay to ask for time. Yes. That is something I have really learned is to acknowledge to this day with my my current spouse. He'll be like, what is wrong? And I'll be like, nothing, you know, <laughs> and he knows that's not the true. answer, right? And really my nothing means I'm not ready to talk about it. And I've gotten better about switching that instead of just saying nothing and saying, I, I'm not ready to talk about it, but I will be, I will be ready to talk about it soon. I just need to process it first. Then that gives them that clarity of, okay, something is bothering her. And I can process that it's kind to them instead of feeling like, well, if I tell them this thing, they're just going to be mad. Instead, Mm -hmm. wait until you can tell it when you can say it in a way that isn't mean or angry or bitter, but that expresses your feelings and expresses what you're needing. Yes. I love that. In your mind, you're telling yourself by saying nothing, you're saying, I'm not going to talk about this ever. Like this isn't a thing. 
But if you're saying, I'm not ready to talk about it yet, that is telling yourself, this is a thing that I am going to deal with, but I don't have to rush it. Like I can sit in this and I can be here for a second and it's okay to feel my feelings. A lot of times we try to just push it away and hope that it goes away. And then later it comes back to bite us. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and there's so much power in that. Just telling that to yourself, like you're saying in, and acknowledging that for yourself, not only for the other person, but for yourself, like that goes such a long ways. And I am a huge believer and proponent of acknowledging what you're feeling and embracing those things and understanding the story you're telling yourself about those things so that you can then go and change that story. If the story is not serving you, figuring out, is that story serving me? And how can I see it differently so that it is serving me? Did you follow that? I understood that. (laughs) That was a tongue twister, but I got you. I didn't mention this earlier, but you are one of the three hosts of the husband-in-law podcast. If you guys haven't listened to the show, you absolutely should. It's delightful. The story itself is binge worthy, but also their personalities and everything that they have to say. And these are just such important topics that they cover. But also you talk a lot about having hard conversations. Sometimes these become difficult conversations. If you hurt someone's feelings, or if you do something that you didn't mean to do, but it caused a big problem, especially in a relationship that means something to you. If you offend somebody that you see never again, that's not a big deal. But if you offend your spouse, you probably should Mm -hmm. revisit that. So how do you open up a difficult conversation where you are the one who hurt someone and you know, I did this thing and I'm totally embarrassed by it, or I'm totally upset about it. It's scary. How do you start that conversation? How do you go back and begin to ask for forgiveness? I believe in taking ownership. You just take the ownership of your mistakes and your shortcomings. I have found over and over again that when I take ownership for what I did, it softens the conversation and allows it to be a conversation where emotions can be there, but they aren't as heated or as intense. And it invites the emotion of love and genuine connection instead of being abrasive or anything in that. When I own what I have done, it also opens up the door for the other person to own their side of things, which is healing for both people. So I really, even if I feel like I'm not the one that's completely at fault, like I didn't do the worst part of the thing. Like My part was little compared to theirs. I still am not, I, I don't hesitate to be the one to open up that conversation, to take the ownership and say, Hey, I really messed up here. And I'm sorry. Not that I'm saying they didn't also mess up or there wasn't an issue as well, but just owning my side of things, because then that creates a safe space for them to open up their side of things as well. So if I own my side, usually that invites them to also own their side and it creates love and respect and connection. I'm sure that the listeners right now are gathering that you're probably feeling that you've been here before. I certainly am of where either you started taking ownership for something and it helped the other person to take ownership for something that maybe you didn't even realize, or maybe you did realize, like you're saying, I was not the bigger offender here, but if I start the conversation, then they're able to come in with an apology. Maybe they needed the conversation to be opened for them. Or if you are the bigger offender, it's okay to tuck your tail between your legs and go back and apologize. Always, Absolutely. I heard the other day that there are three difficult things for people to say, I'm sorry, I love you, and Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Those Those are three difficult ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so those first two, I really do think that those are difficult to say only because, like you were talking about, with the emotions. Sometimes we think we can't have hard conversations because we're so emotional about it and we have to wait until the emotions are gone. 
listen, if it's a hard thing, the emotions are probably never going to be gone. So just own up and deal with it. And then when you start the conversation in a place where you're coming from, this is what I screwed up here, or this is what I am owning. This is my part. Then you're inviting in two very amazing, effective emotions, which are what she mentioned, love and connection. You're Mm -hmm. starting the conversation with positivity and with a little bit of humility instead of with anger or frustration or those other ones that cause someone to shut down. These will help them to open up. What a different world that makes. Yeah. The reason those two things are so hard to say is because they are so vulnerable. You are really putting yourself out there depending on what response you get. And by doing that again, you're just opening the door for that other person to be vulnerable back, for them to feel safe, to be vulnerable with you. Amazing. By being vulnerable yourself, you're allowing them to be vulnerable with you. That's very powerful. So let's go back into then you are just very first married. This was the very first difficult conversation. How did this go later? So this very first rift One incredible way to start a marriage is by showing up for the other person, by understanding that I did this thing and I didn't mean to, or by telling your spouse or whoever your relationship is with that I need a little bit of something here and we need to revisit this conversation. So what an amazing way to start a relationship. Let's talk a little bit more about how that helped you two to grow and be able to open up to each other in the future. Since we started, even before the funny story where I hit Steve in the middle of the night, (laughs) when we had that conversation before we got married about where Steve was at and the things he was struggling with, and then again, when I was able to see why what I had said in my sleep had then hurt him on another level, I think there was just all of these big little things, and I want to say they're little moments where we show somebody that they're safe to talk to us about the hard things. And it's, it, it led to Steve and I being able to have very in-depth conversations about very difficult things that we were going through and ultimately divorce in a way that we've still been able to love each other, which I feel like being able to get through a divorce and still genuinely care about the other person. It's really, really hard. And And really really amazing. You two have (laughs) one of the greatest relationships I know and you're divorced. It's absolutely fascinating to see, but I can tell what you're saying here. This started this way from the beginning and is still continuing that way. I mean, you're not married anymore and things are totally different, but you're still able to listen to each other and seek to understand and offer space. Like all those things that you're taking ownership, all those things you've already mentioned, what a huge difference that makes now. And how much does that mean to you now to be able to have that relationship, even though it's different? I, (laughs) I'm getting all teared up. I can't even put it into words ever. How truly grateful I am that even though we've gone through some of the hardest things that relationships go through, we still get to be in each other's lives. And it's because we started, like you were saying, with that genuine concern and love for each other. And that laid this foundation that we could be honest with each other and genuinely connected and know that things that were said and done during our divorce were never meant to be done in manipulation. Like it was never done out of manipulation or done out of a place of trying to use or abuse the other person. It's always been genuinely done out of love and respect for the other person. Those beginning parts of our relationship laid that foundation. And that grows with relationships. You don't, even if it doesn't start that way necessarily, and you're struggling to figure out and learn that 
it, it can be achieved later on. And I've seen that in lots of relationships where I've been able to genuinely show love and concern for this other person. And it has grown and developed our relationship into something amazing. Being able to have a good relationship with my ex because we have a daughter together is invaluable to me. I mean, it's just honestly been the most important thing for me to have in my life ever since I knew we were going to get divorced. It was on the forefront. I I wanted to marry somebody that would be okay with mine and Steve's relationship. And I thankfully did. But that those were things I thought about all the time is because this relationship is so important. And it's partially because we share a daughter and partially because we've had each other's backs for so many years now that why throw that all away? Beautiful. I like that you are still open to how much it means to you. Like, I mean, if this is still such a important part of your life and it started with honesty and it started with vulnerability and it has led to amazing things. You two have such a beautiful relationship. I just love watching you. And this isn't one of those things where you, you know, you pass off the kid and in the parking lot and that's it. That's the relationship. I mean, that's, that's good if you're able to see your, your ex that way, but what you guys have is way, way, way better for your daughter than that. I admire the heck out of your guys' relationship. It really is a bright spot in this world. So the three things that I'm pulling out of this conversation are seek to listen and understand the other person offer space and ask for space and take ownership. And that is what will bring in connection and love in your relationships. And that is what will lay the foundation for a relationship that will grow into something amazing. hundred percent. Yes. Awesome. Three great building blocks right there for sure. Beautiful. One thing that I talk about a lot is loving yourself and starting from within and living from the inside out. So one thing I always, always, always want people to understand and focus on is what they love about themselves. So what is one thing that you love about yourself? What is one of your favorite things about you? Two things popped into mind and they kind of go hand in hand. And one of them is you brought it up earlier. is just owning my story. I love that I can just own my story and be good with it and accept where I messed up, embrace where I did well, and see all of those things for what they are. And along with that, I just love that I am not afraid to be me, that I genuinely am not afraid to show up as myself. And part of that comes from owning my story of just (laughs) being real with who I am and, and being real with myself and others about who I am. And so I love that. And I also love that not only do I get to be confident and feel good about myself and improve on myself, but it also invites other people in to feel safe being themselves. I've seen that over and over again, is that people feel like they can be their true selves because I am my true self. And so they feel safe with me. So that's what I love about myself. Amazing. I love that about you too. I've always felt very comfortable around you. And I always, I love that your business is called Be Bold because I feel like you live that way. And it's such a beautiful representation of who you are and what you teach and preach. I think a valuable part of being a coach is practicing what you preach. And you absolutely, Jessica, do that hundred percent. One last final question for you, as this is a habits show, and I am a big proponent of making these things a habit. These three things that we've just talked about in laying a foundation can absolutely be habits in a relationship, but what is another habit that you have in your life that either you made a long time ago, or maybe you're working on it now that serves you in your life? There's a few of them that come to mind and I'm going to pull one out that I wasn't planning on, but it is taking naps. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Just embracing when I need a break and whether it's a nap or not officially, but just embracing that, you know what, 
I can feel that I'm like getting close to getting on low. My, my tank's hitting that low button and, and understanding before I get there that I need to re-energize before I hit low so that I don't just completely fall apart. So I, I love that I will take naps. I take 17 minute naps. <laughs> That is a very exact science. (laughs) I love it. I think it's brilliant. There is such a valuable philosophy behind listening to your body and knowing yourself well enough to know, is this a tiredness that I can push through? Or is this a tiredness that I need to listen to? And that is a skill that sounds like you have worked hard to develop. Thank you so much for sharing everything today, Jessica. You are a delightful person. You guys, if you haven't checked out the husband in law podcast yet, you should definitely get on there. It is a great, great show. And also one last question, where can people find you other than the husband in law podcast? The best place to find us is on Instagram and it is at husband in law as well. There husband underscore in underscore law. It's the three of us there. Although mostly me on Instagram, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. You guys have a wonderful week and go out and make some amazing habits and use these three tips to improve your relationships, improve your life. And just make it a consistent daily effort to be a good person, to be kind, to be honest, and to show love and connection to those around you. Thanks again, Jessica, for being here. Thank you. Now it's time for a bit of bliss. In this short segment, my guests and I will talk about a person, place, or thing that makes us happy. If we love it as much as we do, it just might make you happy too. For today's bit of bliss, Jessica Frew has an amazing bit to share with us of what makes her happy and what we think can make you happy as well. As Susie had said before, and as I was talking about, I love sharing my story and I believe that sharing stories brings happiness and joy. And so as I encourage you that if you love embracing stories and if you're looking for a place to be seen, to stretch your understanding of relationships through stories, go check out our podcast, Husband Law. It is hosted by me, my ex-husband, and my husband. So it's the three of us co-hosting there. Start with episode one and you can hear all about our crazy, interesting story. Um, And then also along with that, I firmly believe the best way to make relationships work is to change the story we are telling ourselves, not expecting the other person to change, not expecting our situation to change unless we want to take action to make that change, but to change the story we are telling ourselves about the relationship, about the situation. So I have a free workbook that you can go pick up and you can get that at theboldlogic.com forward slash free workbook. It is called change your story, change your life. And it will help you identify areas in your life where you need to change the story you are telling yourself. You might be sitting around waiting for somebody else to change to, for the situation to change, or you may be stuck in that victim mentality where we are blaming other people or blaming the situation for why we're unhappy. And this is the place where you can start pulling yourself out of that victim mentality and change the story you're telling yourself so that you can have more bliss, happiness, and joy in your life. So there you go. Go pick that up. Again, it is at theboldlogic.com forward slash free workbook, or go to our podcast and check out Husband Lots available on any podcasting platform. Thank you for joining us this week on Habits and Humor. To continue the conversation and pick up lots more habit hacks, health tips, funny stories, and life lessons, join the Habits and Humor community on Facebook. Come and get the support you need to enjoy your journey to a healthier, happier life filled with simplified progress and laughter. 
Search Habits and Humor in Facebook groups or go to facebook.com slash groups slash Susie B. Life or click the link in the show notes. Please feel free to share these episodes or any of our social media content that helps you or makes you laugh with your friends and family so we can help more people just like you overcome overwhelm with some humor and habits. I'm Susie B. And this is Habits and Humor, where you come to laugh, but stay to learn. Mm -hmm.